0: The Lumpy, 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 Hi, I'm Sarah Stark. And I'm Natalie Mills. And you're listening to The Lumpy Mother, the podcast where we show
1: up for our kids by showing up for ourselves. Like we say every week, we are not experts. We are just two best friends and moms who love learning and laughing together. I have four kids, an eight-year-old daughter, and three sons who are seven, six, and 18 months. And I have a 10-month-old son and an almost three-year-old daughter. So if you want to know you're not the only parent who uses the bathroom with the door open to make sure that none of your kids are accidentally maiming or injuring themselves... Then you've come to the right space. The way this works is each week, Sarah and I will have a yes, a no, and a hello for the week, or in other words, something good, bad, and something random that has to do with what's on our minds after another week surviving parenthood. And Natalie and I have a feeling you'll be able to relate to our
0: experiences.
1: But if you can't relate, tell us about it. Email us at lumpymotherpodcast at gmail.com. We want to know what you think about the topics we cover. Yes, we do. Natalie, rewind. Anything? Yeah, I have have a few this week. So first off, Nick got his first dose of his COVID vaccine. Oh, what a relief. Which... Yes, we're absolutely <laughs> celebrating this. Um he got it yesterday. It was a very big deal and so, yeah. It's like with every person I know who gets the vaccine, I, I take another sigh of relief that I've been holding in yes. all year. It means we're one step closer to seeing our friends and family again that we have not been with in a year now, you know. I, know. I have um two very close girlfriends who one has both shots. And I am kind of immune for a few months now. So we got together for lunch, like no kids or anything. And it was amazing. It was amazing. And then my second one is I bought some mom jeans or I don't know what we're calling them now because now they're technically like the young people are wearing them, but they're <laughs> yeah, like it's the flare so. kind of. Yeah. So oh. they're not skinny. They're like wide and they go high. I love a pair of high jeans, but but that's just because I like a lot of like control on top. Yes, yeah, support. But, um, and, yeah. I love them. They're so comfortable.
0: <laughs> they look so... adorable on you. That picture you posted. I mean, oh, it just thanks. gave your body
1: this beautiful shape. <laughs> and then the last thing is that we rented, or we're going to rent, an RV for a trip this summer, and. Yeah. Um, I'm just really hoping that it will convince Nick that the RV life is for us.
0: Maybe there's something you could slide in there that he'd really love and he can start to associate
1: it <laughs> with uh, like RVing. Lots of, <laughs> lots of beef jerky. Yeah, just all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> what are your rewinds this week? Oh, sure. Okay,
0: so last week we were... You know, somewhat joking, but not really joking about how uh, every now and then we wish we get, like, just sick enough to have, have a break. You know, like uh, the mm-hmm. quote from Ban Moms. And I talked about how <laughs> my gallbladder is full of stones and one day, you know, it's only a matter of time. I'm going to have to have it out. And how that might be nice. <laughs> well, that <laughs> night after recording <laughs> recording for the last episode, I had a gallbladder attack. <laughs> <laughs> the timing was like i deserve this <laughs> it felt it felt you, very like karma like you know
1: you wished it into existence
0: so i went to the er because of course i was like oh i'm sure you'll be fine but my um uh, other people i've known who've had their gallbladders out they didn't go in until they like they felt like they were dying and i didn't want to get to that <laughs> point so i went into the er And then, of course, the pain started subsiding as Susan in the yard. Anyway, I'm fine, but I called the doctor. and We're going to. Yeah, I know. That's what I said to the doctor. It was like I was disappointed. The pain disappeared. He was confused. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I I spent, like, a lot more money on myself this week than I normally do because of the (laughs) stimulus checks, which we're trying to be responsible with. But it's really difficult. The first thing I bought was a really pretty journal um, that I'm going to write, like, my favorite quotes from the books I read in. And then I saw you wearing those boots with your deans. I'm like, I've always wanted Doc Martens. <laughs> Mine are knockoffs. <laughs> and so I emailed, of course, messaged you and Nora was like, you think I should do
1: it? And of course, you guys were supportive. <laughs> and so I bought them. Supportive might be an understatement. <laughs> we were almost like threatening, <laughs> like, do it, do it now. <laughs> you deserve Doc Martens that you do not need. <laughs> What, whatever you need shoes. How is that something you don't need? So yeah, I'm gonna be rocking the Doc Martins. Oh, you're gonna be such a fun mom in Doc Martins. It's gonna be I awesome. Can't wait. Awesome. Well, should we get started? <laughs> yeah. All right. M- mine are all, for the most part, pretty like fluff stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I like fluffs today. <laughs> so it's. All very kind of lighthearted all across the board. So the first one is TV shows like cartoons and kid shows that you can also enjoy enjoy Mm. as an adult.
0: And that's a great one. That's fun.
1: Yeah. I remember there was a time when um, Ava like just started to switch over and could understand kind of more complex ideas and was starting to get into tv show or cartoons that we also thought were funny as adults i just she was really into mickey mouse clubhouse when she was younger and that show drove me oh just i couldn't control my rage with that show it was rough i i didn't like all of the voices i hated all of the songs i hate that i like i don't like tv shows where they're asking you questions and it's um, they loved Octonauts, which was not as bad, but all of those shows, you know, they're <laughs> like toddler cartoon shows. And then all of a sudden oh, I know. the switch happened. And so now it's like fun. We can yes. get into TV shows together. So um, actually one of the ones this is a toddler show, but um, we love this show. It's bluey. And I know you started watching it too, didn't you? I do. And Evie likes it, and I love it. It's so funny. Yes there was one where he's like in the bathroom and trying to use the bathroom he's on his phone on the toilet and both of the kids are crammed into the bathroom with him and they're like this stinks and he's like well you could wait for me outside and they're like no <laughs> i think i've seen that one yes yeah there's a
0: lot of great parent yes. humor in that like oh i relate to it's, that it's so and it's so friendly and fun yeah
1: and i love that the parents are part of the main characters that's not something and you see a ton and so yeah. um yes we love bluey and charlie loves the theme song the da da so Aww. he's really into that so anyways but outside of that the first big one that we watched as a family that wasn't a toddler show was gravity falls did have you ever seen this no i never heard of it's it. it's on I think it's on Disney cuz I think you can watch it on Disney Plus. But it's like these two kids that are trying they have they go live with their uncle who owns this mystery shack and all of these mysterious things keep (laughs) happening and they're like real weird things like garden gnomes that come to life and stuff like that (laughs) and they find this mysterious notebook that they have to figure out what's going on and all of this stuff and so it's hilarious but it has like this um story that, com- that connects all of them together that you're kind of trying to solve this puzzle and the characters are so funny we love gravity falls um the next one that we did which nick was in- so enthusiastic about is avatar the last Av- or the last airbender the movie or is the tv a show have you never heard of this oh wait is it with that kid who has special powers yes it's from like the 90s okay. i've seen yes. it. yes Nick used to watch the Avatar, The Last Airbender. So I'm sure it was late 90s, maybe early 2000s. It's Nickelodeon. Oh, nice. So he was like so ecstatic when he started convincing the kids to watch it. And it's another one. Like he has, it's this kind of band of kids that have to save the world, but they all have special power or most of them have special powers they're learning how to use. And the humor is hilarious. Oh, man, I have to. I'm gonna try to get Evie into all of these. I don't know if she's ready. I mean, she likes Bluey, but the other ones just so we can have more that I enjoy. Avatar is there's a lot of episodes too. It can go forever. So we did it for a while where we'd like watch one perfect 20 minute episode or whatever after dinner every night, and it was it took us like six months. It was awesome, and then they came out with a second version um, with it like a new Avatar, and that one is awesome because the new Avatar is a woman. Her Name is Cora, and the female characters are so strong in both of them, they are so it's really sweet. We're yes, like, it's my favorite, yes, <laughs> my favorite. Yes, I think you would really like. The Legend of Korra. It's really good. So um, those those two and Gravity Falls were like the first ones that we started, and then recently we have really been into. um, There's I think it's on HBO. It's called Infinity Train, and it's I think when I look at these, I realize there is a very strong theme here. (laughs) It's a lot of fantasy or sci-fi based. It's all um, has like a connecting storyline through all of them it's not just an episode that can stand on its own so much as as much as it is like they're trying to solve a major problem throughout a series we're really into those kinds of things so Infinity Train is one of those and it's really amazing this girl she's mad at her parents so she kind of like runs away she's a teenager but she runs out of the house and she gets onto this train and it's this magical train and every train car is kind of like a different type of universe so one train car oh, that i love stuff yeah, like that so it's yes. super creative one train car is all like stuffed animals that are alive or something i don't think that's a real one but that's the only thing i can think of and then the next train car will be like everything is made out of glass and it's really interesting so um infinity yeah. train that one we love that That'd be really cool yes um the dragon prince which is on netflix the kids are super into that one. That's once again fantasy. It's the same, like I said, that's the same as all of the other ones. Um, L- Hilda is really cute too. It's <laughs> there's like all of these. I haven't heard of any of
0: these. I'm really excited to try to get every try it. Them, Seriously, so...
1: it will be so yeah. We can worth get away from <laughs> um Yeah, Hilda is like there's all of these like. Um, Woodland creatures that she kind of makes friends with and does all of these things with. So also I fantasy love that stuff based, too. <laughs> still <laughs> like ageless. Yes. Yeah, and then the the last one is Kipo. It's K I P O, and so like all of humans now live underground because animals kind of like turned yes. into monsters like giant monsters and they took over the world almost so she oh evie would freak out at that one yeah not, it's not ready, scary but that sounds good to me yeah like, it's not really scary oh, okay. it's really colorful um but the music in that Ooh. one is really cool like the background music that they play and it has oh, oh the raccoons all of the raccoons do like jazzercise <laughs> So they're all in spandex. <laughs> yes. All of the cats are like lumberjack cats. So they all wear plaid. And yeah, so those are some of ours. And I, it just makes it so much more enjoyable, like sitting down. We honestly, we don't do a ton of TV but when we do, it's I want it to be something we can all enjoy together. A movie takes two hours and we rarely have time to watch a full movie. So when we can find a TV show like these that we really love together, we can watch one 20 to 30 minute episode, which is the perfect amount of time that we need, like kind of before bed, after dinner. And we all enjoy it. We all like when it's these where they're trying to solve a mystery or problem solve something it's just like when I'm watching a show with Nick like that and everyone starts trying to like, well, what if this is that? And and so the kids are also problem solving. But as a family, Yes.
0: I can't wait to get to that point where Evie and I can have those discussions of shows and, and get into them together. Yeah. Uh, try to get into because she's just starting to like a, a little more complexity yeah. in her shows. Um, <sighs> she still loves Blippi. And OK, I feel conflicted about Blippy. Like on one hand... I'm going to admit something that people are going to be like, why? <laughs> I find him weirdly attractive. There was a
1: TikTok about this. I'm not alone. It's yes, no, oh, okay, good.
0: Because I'm like, why am I attracted to Blippi? <laughs> He's like in really good shape. Yeah. He's got like the perfect amount of like scruff on his <laughs> cheeks. It's like all sudden, like you're watching Blippi and then you're like, why? Why am I
1: feeling this way about <laughs> this strange man in <laughs> these orange glasses? We have never watched Blippi, I've never seen an episode of that. What was the show? There was one I cannot remember the name of it. Um, when Ava was young, we thought it was hilarious. Yo gabba gabba. Ooh, what's that one? Oh, it's so funny. Um, Yo gabba gabba. It's all of these alien creatures, and the host, his name is DJ Lance Rock, but they have um, <laughs> like celebrities on that do these funny skits. Or there's one of the sections that they do is beatboxing. So they beatbox with the kids. They, like, do rhythms and beats with them. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. just It's real like weird. It's so much fun. It's like half fever dream, half pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, almost should be an adult swim, but it's yeah. the actual kids
1: show. Yes. Well, because it's, like, <laughs> Teletubby style, It's it's adults in these weird costumes. Like... Uh, yeah, that's always creepy to me. Uh, anyway, so that's my that's my yes. Sarah, what's your yes this week? Yeah. Okay. My yes
0: is allowing boys to play with dolls, to like pink and butterflies. Basically teaching them that girly things are not less than. Yeah. Uh, it's something that's important to me. And I had a really big realization what like not realization but learning I guess a learning moment uh when I I took a gender studies class in college and she's talking about how you know yes girls can play with boy things and that's become more accepted and then someone pointed out that it's still not allowed for boys so much to play with girl things and that's holding women back and boys back for one thing it's just unhealthy to learn it's, it's like why why is pink bad yeah. like for boys specifically i just don't understand it's a color why some things are gendered like that and we start so young you know mm-hmm. and why aren't they things associated with girls why aren't they worthy enough for boys to like uh, you know like like throw like a girl i was told that was an insult you know that that famous commercial that they have where they're like throw like a girl and then they kind of throw wimpily, mm-hmm. you know and they're like throw like you throw, and then the girls give this mean oh, throw. Yeah. They give a good, athletic throw. It's really moving commercial. I do remember you know, that, Yeah, not allowing boys to play with babies and pink and girl things is just—it's just deeply and damagingly homophobic. That's another reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just toys are toys. Let them play with what interests them, and I think the rigid. Definitions of masculinity, they have to change. And I think they're starting to, more people are starting to get open to the idea that, you know, being masculine doesn't just mean being strong, being (laughs) masculine. You know, you can have more emotions than being angry and happy. I feel like that's the only thing that's allowed. You can't be sad. You can't cry. It's just, wow, how limited is life for men who feel like they have to live up to this impossible standard of masculinity that we so subscribe to? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, it holds. Women back because women can now raise kids and go to work. But still, generally speaking, um, statistically, they do a majority of the housework or are expected to do more do more of the child ring, et cetera. It may not be spoken directly, but it's just what how it ends up happening. Yeah. But that's because masculinity is so narrowly defined. So it just has these like really big tentacles. Like Ooh. Fancy. Uh, reach out and affect so many different people in different ways, um, including men in a negative way, including women, mm-hmm. including um, gay people, including or anyone in the LGBT community, anyone who doesn't um, identify with a gender binary, etc. So, I, you know, just having a boy, this interests me. And I've known people who won't let their boys play with dolls, who will take it away and say, that's for girls, oh, no. as if it's a bad thing. Yeah. I think it was... A book I read, I think it was David Sedaris, I want to say. But he was talking about he was at a fair and a little boy wanted to paint his face, um, have his face painted as a butterfly. Mm -hmm. And his dad was like, "Uh, no, you can't do that. That's for girls yelling at him. And the little boy was in tears. So I just, I find that it's damaging and interesting because it's just so ingrained that people don't even, I mean, even to an extent, I was like, well, he can't, there's only so many of Evie's clothes I would I allowed myself to say for Franklin. Yeah, which is interesting. So, I don't know. I know you probably have a lot of good things to say about this too <laughs> since you have
1: three boys. There was so when Henry first got his glasses um like last summer, no, 2019. And he tried all of them on and we were kind of narrowing it down to the final two or three. And one of the ones that he liked was pink. And one thing that we talk about regularly, because when Harrison was younger, he would wear Ava's pajamas and, you know, all of that stuff. We totally did Mm hand-me-downs. Now our biggest hand-me-down for the boys is socks, which sometimes are pink. They sometimes have flowers or whatever else on them. So we have... They hear me say regularly colors are for everyone colors don't have a gender I want that Love to that. be their norm. And so he narrowed it down to three pink glasses and it was so weird I found myself in this place where I was hoping that he wouldn't pick the pink glasses and it and then I had this in this whole internal struggle and fight in my head because I don't care if he picks pink glasses I have no problem with that. It was more that I was worried he wasn't prepared to go to school and I guess like I didn't want him to have any emotional like damage done if he went to school and the kids said something to him so anyways if he had chosen those I would have a hundred percent supported him and backed him in that there I would have not tried to convince him otherwise but it was just interesting like this dialogue that i was having with myself about when i realized i didn't want him to pick that and then why and i kind of told myself if he was older and i knew that like he would understand what words to use if someone said something to him maybe i wouldn't be thinking that but he was in kindergarten
0: because even if you can think one thing about pink and Totally, think it it is totally fine for a boy to wear pink mm-hmm. or like pink, etc. There is a different way; it's still interpreted by the people around us. Yes. And that's where that I think that conflict comes in. We don't want our kids to get hurt because people are mean. And even in kindergarten, kids are already seeing gender because you also told me a story about how
1: these kids in kindergarten were like asked to draw a pilot or
0: what's a pilot look like?
1: Yeah. So they it was like a commercial or a video and they had a group of young grade school kids and they said, "Okay, I want you to draw a picture of a doctor. I want you to draw a picture of a pilot. I want you to draw a picture of a firefighter. And there was probably one more. And they're like, guess what? We have all of these people here. And they brought them all in. And all of these professions had masks or helmets on. And then they told them to remove their helmet. And they were all women. And they then did these. um, They showed statistics of all of the kids that they did this with. How many of the kids drew female doctors or female pilots or female firefighters. And it was only like one or two kids of of everyone that they did. Okay,
0: so um, I was reading from this is a website that's like really active, or this is a, an organization called Let's Let Toys Be Toys, that's like active in the UK and trying to get marketers to stop marketing so gender specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is why it's saying it's saying that toys toys should just be toys, not gender specific. It's yeah, LetToysBeToys So it says the stereotypes we see in toy marketing form part of a route to the inequalities prevalent in adult life. By early primary school age, studies suggest children already tend to have absorbed ideas about the jobs that men and women do, which we just discussed Mm -hmm. from that video you mentioned. And these stereotypical notions can then be very hard to shift and can, for instance, feed into the low numbers of girls taking STEM subjects mm-hmm. and men entering professions such as child care and probably teaching. So this has been mm-hmm. studied. Um, and it can also play a role in bullying. And then this is this is the one that was so interesting, like how toys became gendered. Um, this is from – you know this is from – an article called How Toys Became Gendered. Um, but, yeah, we'll put the link in our show notes. So it's it says that the idea that boys are taught that masculinity is good and femininity is something less than is a view that research shows is associated with sexual violence in men. What? I mean, because if because if you're taught. That, like you can't play with dolls. that's what girls do. Girls are less than. oh you're you're basically, you're implying girls are less than you throw like a girl. Girls are less than you oh. can't do that you can't wear the color pink or like the color pink mm-hmm. because it's girly. You, girls are less than anything feminine is less than anyone any boy who elicits feminine qualities is less than that's what you're saying you know what you're basically saying Mm. inadvertently potentially when you're saying uh, uh, to a boy that he can't like butterflies that he can't like pink so then here's the marketing part this is the same website um and says okay this blew my mind around the turn of the 20th century toys were rarely marketed to different genders Hmm. No need, right? By the 1940s, manufacturers quickly caught on to the idea that wealthier families would buy an entire new set of clothing, toys, and other gadgets if the products were marketed differently for both genders. And so the idea of pink for girls and blue for boys was born. And I've read this somewhere else, that pink and blue was not associated with a gender Until, like, fairly recently, and apparently, according to this article. And then 1940s. Oh, wow. So it's all just a way of making more money. Yeah. Then um, further down in this article, and it says, According to a 2017 study showed that more than three quarters of those surveyed said it was a good thing for parents to encourage, encourage young girls to play with toys or do activities associated with the opposite gender. This share rises to 80% for women and millennials. But when it came to boys, support dropped significantly with 64% overall and far fewer men saying it was good to encourage boys to do things associated Mm. with girls. Those who were older or more conservative were even more likely to think it wasn't a good idea. So this article continues, reading between the lines suggests there's a view that traits stereotypically associated with men, such as strength, courage, and leadership, are good, whereas those tied to femininity, such as vulnerability, emotion, and caring, are bad. Thus, boys receive the message that wanting to look up to girls Mm -hmm. is not okay. And many boys are taught over and over through their lives that exhibiting female traits is wrong and means they aren't real men, quote. Worse, they're frequently punished for it while exhibiting masculine traits like aggression are often rewarded. It ends up saying so much
1: more that I think people maybe realize. I feel like um, in the past few years, especially, there's been this really great movement about, like, girl power and having strong females around you and strong daughters and all of this stuff which is wonderful but at the same time we're not putting that same emphasis on our boys being emotionally mature and stable and being caring people um you know i feel like there was that balance where we take what has always been expected kind of of boys and girls but then add in Everything else, you know, so for girls, it was like we always expected them to be caring and sweet and all this stuff. And then now we've started really pushing. No, it's awesome if you're a strong, powerful girl with opinions and can lead. And that's great. I love that. But I have three sons and I want them to get that same push from society that's telling them, um, yes, you can be strong and you can be a leader, but you also need to. Not be ashamed to feel sad or, um, you know, you also need to be emotionally mature and understand your emotions, not be afraid of emotions. You need to know how to care for people in an honest and kind way. I feel like we're missing that whole other aspect of this. All right. You ready for my no? (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready. What's your no? All right. My no, I'm going to talk about reoccurring nightmares. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Interesting. So as soon as I became a mom, I started having this recurring nightmare, like regularly, where something would be going wrong. One of my kids would be hurt or in danger or... Um, just like something horrible is happening, and I'm trying to call 911, and I can't get my thumb or my phone to work. Either I'm like hitting the wrong buttons <sighs> over and over and over again, or I hit 911 and then I accidentally hit delete, or my phone shuts down on me, and. And so the majority of the dream would be me struggling with my phone. And um, in my dream, I would be like screaming and crying. Sometimes I'd wake up crying because I'd be so frustrated, like trying to help my kids or my family is in danger or hurt or missing or something. And I can't get help. So this was a reoccurring nightmare for me. And then (laughs) something happened in my life that I'm, I'm going to tell a story. And you've heard the story before. This happened years ago.
0: Oh, interesting. I'm trying to think. of it. I used
1: to work at a restaurant and I was a closing manager quite often. And because it was also a bar, it was a brewery. So it would we'd be open until one or 3 a.m., depending if it was a weekend or a weeknight. And the area surrounding the brewery was really interesting because part of it was like this lake life culture which is a little bit swanky and um the rest of it can be a little bit scary sometimes Mm -hmm. that when i would leave late at night a lot of the cooks would be kind of out on the patio smoking or doing whatever and i would always every single night check my trunk because i am paranoid this story oh my gosh yeah (laughs) so because i'm paranoid and i have this like weird fear of people being in my car so all these things so i would check my trunk every night they would always laugh at me for this and i was i'm just like unapologetic about this As I am with most things in my life. Good. Anyway, so this happened for months. Um, And then one morning I was with the kids and we had to go to the dentist. It was really early. It was, well, it wasn't really early. It was like 9 a.m. So I go outside. It's just Ava and Harrison at that point. We had not brought Henry home yet. And... I start walking to the car that I used to drive, and I realize the car seats are in Nick's car, which was in the driveway. So I turn around. I have two very young kids with me. I turn around, and I go to open the door to Nick's back seat, and all I see in the back seat are two arms (gasps) covered in tattoos. And I don't have anything against it. I have tattoos, so I don't associate tattoos with any kind of person. But they were like knuckle (laughs) tattoos. And all the way up like it was just part of this image right. that like uh, it was all that i saw and i made this gasping half screaming noise and i have my two kids right next to me so i grab my <gasps> kids i'm shaking because at first it's like someone's waiting for me and so i was trying to get away before anyone <sighs> yeah. could get out of the car and so i grabbed the kids and I ran across the street and there used to be a church across the street from the house that we lived. So I kind of like went into their side yard by some bushes. And at this point, I realized whoever that is, is still in the car. So I, I kind of come to the conclusion that they're sleeping. And so I first I call 911 because um, We do in our area have a little bit of a meth problem. Well, it was just this like thing where I don't know if this person is completely sober or even if they're not sober, if they're on something that would make them hurt me. Un, without meaning, you know, like even if it mm-hmm. wasn't they were malicious, oh, yeah, it course. was just like, you don't so, know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um so I called 911 because I don't want to confront this person. But for at that point, Ava was probably five years old. And at that point, I had had four or five years of nightmares about having to call 9-1-1 and it not working. <gasps> oh, so, that's right. It was almost <gasps> like, when I had to open my phone and call 911, it was like I had trauma from all of those nightmares and it doubled my stress. It was so weird. So I called and it was fine, but I, I was like shaking just from all of the nightmares that I've had about it was like I was already frustrated even though nothing had happened because be had like, I'm five not going to be able to dial it. I'm not going to be able to dial 911. Yes. <gasps> I had five years of nightmares where something exactly like this five would happen years. and yeah. I yeah. And it was fine. I called 911. The, the I kept myself together for the most part and um, they said they were sending someone my way. I hang up from 911. I barely keep my stuff together. I barely keep myself together on the 911 call. And then I call Nick who is at work. He was teaching 4th grade. The elementary school that he used to teach at was about three blocks away from our house he would walk every single day so I call him poor Carrie who is the receptionist there answers the phone and at this point <laughs> I can no longer keep my cool so she answers the phone to me sobbing <laughs> hysterically I'm hysterical yeah. and I ask <laughs> I, I feel Carrie I am so sorry so I tell carrie i need to talk to nick she patches me up there and he answers the phone to me hysterically crying and telling him there's a man that i don't know in your car and he's like i'm coming he hangs up the phone he literally and i heard this from all of the other teachers later (laughs) he taught fourth grade he ran out of his classroom yelled into his like teaching partner's classroom watch my class and i'm standing in the yard next to the church all of a sudden i see nick in his khakis (laughs) and work (laughs) shoes sprinting down the sidewalk as fast as he can he beat the police to our house on foot go
0: nick go nick i am so proud of him hero hero
1: (laughs) He yes he was he i but that image of him sprinting in his like nice shoe leather shoes and his khakis on the sidewalk will forever be with me so he comes to me first and he's out of breath and there's like his eyes are on fire <laughs> and, was, and i'm still hysterical um and so um we're standing there. I'm getting stressed out right now. Oh my god. I know. And he starts to cross the street to talk to this person and I, or to like open the door and I was like no 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 let the police handle it. As he comes back, mean? this guy gets out of the car, goes up onto our porch and tries to open our front door. And at that moment, I was so glad that I did not bring the kids back into the house because there was like this moment when I when I saw him and I grabbed my kids, I had to make a split decision Do I go back into the house, or do I stay outside where, like, if something happens, people can see and I can run, you know? That's honestly why I decided, because I feel like I can't run if I'm in my house. That was a very
0: smart decision, because I was wondering when you said that, like, oh, I wonder why she didn't go back in the house, or... No, it was just safe. I I think because there's this
1: other idea of being trapped in the house and not being able to escape. Whereas if I'm outside, I felt like I could escape. You've listened to enough true crime to know. (laughs) So when he's trying to get into the house at that moment, I'm so, so, so happy that I didn't go back inside, because if I was inside and I knew he was trying to get in, that would have been a whole level of trauma for me and for my kids, because at that point I would have tried to hide them in a closet with me, you know, and Ava was five. She would have had memories of that moment. So, um, so he And how he, would you ever feel safe inside your house again? Yes. So he's trying to get inside. Um, we had a our great Dane Wilbur. Who was the best dog ever. Um, when he got out of the car, I went behind the church, so I was a full like block away. And I could hear Wilbur losing his mind barking when this guy was trying to get into the house because and Wilbur was nice Wilbur would never hurt anyone, but I knew if that guy had gotten into our house, Wilbur would have hurt him. You uh, could, there was you could no tell doubt from his mind. bark, I bet. You yes. Know? A, like it was it a was, different bark. It was bark. a completely different bark. I just got the chills. Oof. So um, Wilbur's freaking out. I am sobbing hysterically. The police do get there and they talk to the guy. And at that once the police get there, Nick crosses the street and starts talking with all of them. And the guy, um, what had happened was he was so drunk. He thought he was at his house. What is what blows my mind is that he so he crawled into what he thought was his car. He had to crawl over a car seat, cause he sat in the middle. There was a car seat on both sides of him. Have you ever tried to crawl over a car seat before like that? Oh, many times. It's, it's uh, to it's almost impossible the with the kids. Yeah. So he crawled into the back seat, and and as he was crawling over car seats, he never once thought that that was not his car. He stayed back there, and then he went up onto the porch and tried to get in our... He thought he was at his house. He was still so drunk at 9 o'clock the next morning. So anyways, the police officer asked if we wanted to press charges. I was like, nope, I just want this done with. Um, and at that point, I'm still in the yard because I didn't, I didn't want to talk to this person face-to-face. I didn't want to ever have any facial recognition, you know, where it was like if I was at the grocery store and I saw him that Ooh, this came flooding back. Retraumatized? So, yeah, so I st- I was in the yard. The police were asking him if they- he needed a ride, and he kept saying no. And then he walked away, which meant that he lived in our neighborhood, too, which I did not love that idea. Um, I had to go to work that night, and two things happened. The first thing is that I walked... For I walked th- from the front door immediately into the kitchen, and, and I told every person in that kitchen, yes. I never want you to laugh at me again. And then I told them what ha- there was a man in my car today. <laughs> you will yes. never laugh at me again. You will always walk me to my car if I ask you. Were you were so to. right that you got the satisfaction
0: just, of you, just you
1: earned that. Yes. Kitchen walk. <laughs> and then the second thing is that Nick called me while I was at work that night and he said, You'll never guess what just happened. The guy came back with a friend to our house. Why? Knocked on no. the front stay door. It, stay away. Nick opened the door, saw him there, thought maybe he was like there to apologize. Nope. The guy was there because he couldn't find his keys or his phone and wanted to know if they had fallen out in Nick's car. And Nick was like, nope, they didn't. The kicker of this, he's there with a buddy and they're both drinking beers. I mean, we were just both like, at what point do you realize you have a problem that you need to take care of? <laughs> and I know that uh, I like I'm never, ever going to make fun of alcoholism or make light of that but we were both just like well and just having no recognition
0: of what they put your family through with two young kids well
1: and i think in this guy's mind it wasn't really a big deal because no one was hurt and you know which is all true we're very thankful for those things but at the same time it was a big deal for me it (laughs) absolutely was a big deal so after that happened after this incident i never had that nightmare again wow it's strange so I loved that no so much. That
0: story is, oh my gosh. So my no today is comparisons. We've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I kind of felt it a little bit yesterday with St. Patrick's Day, which is interesting. So I was feeling a bit like, oh, am I supposed to? That sort of feeling like yesterday. Um, because I saw all these adorable pictures of uh, babies dressed as in St. Patty's Day outfits and you know, moms and kids doing St. Patrick Day crafts. And and it's not like, mm. okay, when I look at these things, I never think poorly of the parent or I'm like, oh, oh wow, never, never no. no. It's more like, yeah. I should I? Should I be doing this? Uh, I didn't get the memo. Are we supposed to celebrate every holiday? <laughs> Are we supposed to do something for every holiday? My God. No, I've actually talked we wanted to do a lot of like multicultural holidays and
1: for an educational thing so when I saw that I just felt like a little stunned like it was all over my Facebook and Instagram as well and I feel like people didn't used to celebrate Patrick's Day with their kids as much as they do now at least when we were young like yeah. Maybe it was just my family that never did, because there would when be like When I was like in my a... 20s, it
0: just an excuse to get drunk.
1: I mean, I remember wearing green to school, but... Yeah. Well, we do corned beef
0: and cabbage, but that's just because we really like it, and it's like the one time <laughs> of the year
1: that yeah. makes the best,
0: corned beef and cabbage. It was so delicious. I was also like, am I supposed to be teaching Evie about holidays? Because <laughs> she only <laughs> n- understands what birthdays and Christmas are, and even yeah. that, she's like, is it my birthday today? And we're like, sure. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, it just had me thinking about comparisons, which we talk about a lot. And I noticed that I get into comparisons a lot when I'm feeling really insecure. And I think mm. it also came at the beginning of parenthood when you don't know what you're doing. Oh, uh, yeah. So some things I compare, I have noticed that I find when I find myself in the comparison struggle, these are just a few things um, that i'm thinking of it's am i taking my kids to enough places like going out enough with them which mm. i feel really hard right now because we don't go anywhere am i teaching them enough just generally like like are they yeah Evie doesn't know her letters like yeah we talk about them she hasn't showed too much interest i mean i don't know is she supposed to uh, no well, it seems like some <laughs> no. kids do uh, maybe no. um Are thank you. Are my kids reaching milestones at the same times before? This was Mm. especially prevalent when Evie was a baby. My firstborn, is she on this? Is she on this milestone? And if she was, it's like, oh yeah, we're doing good. Like something's going right. But it's so arbitrary. Am I doing enough to set a good example? Which I definitely don't feel like most days. Um, Am I feeding them the right foods, or Mm -hmm. doing a good job getting them to eat when she goes through her picky phases? Um, Yeah. Do I play with my kids enough? And then I think, so especially as a new mom, it was the hardest. Because mm-hmm. your baby also, in addition to not knowing what you're doing, not feeling confident at all. Like I read all the books, but I had never changed a poopy diaper before I had my first mm. born, my daughter. So I had no idea what I was doing, no matter what I read, no matter how much I felt like I prepared. And it's daunting, you know, being responsible for this little baby's life. Again, social media, social media. It's a pretty uh, scary place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's lying to you. So even this podcast, who... Yeah, that's a really good thing to keep in mind. Even this podcast, we are very real, I think. We are very honest yeah. and true we try to, be. to ourselves. Yeah. We try to be. But we're still not going
1: to let you in on all the things. I think the biggest thing when Ava was young that I compared myself with others was if I was disciplining... Correctly or enough compared to the people around me because Ava was just so um, strong willed. And so I was mm-hmm. just constantly doubting myself with that. So I was comparing what I was doing versus what everyone else was doing. As I've, you know, by kid four, most of it is completely gone. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Yeah. In the end, I get to
0: like the more confident I become in my parenting and trusting my instincts and what I'm doing, the less I compare. Yeah. It's like a direct correlation to my confidence. When I feel more insecure, the more I compare. It's, yes. it's this really vicious cycle almost. It's like it, it feeds yeah. on itself. If I'm feeling down and bad about myself, I start comparing and, and feeling not mm-hmm. good enough. If I'm feeling good and confident, which I'm starting to get to a more of a consistent place with the more i work on myself mm-hmm. the less i compare and the happier i am yeah <laughs> <laughs> um this blog i came across had some um good recommendations to to help us remember when we're getting into that grind of comparison one is remember um social media is a facade so you know I think I already said Mm -hmm. that. And then the other one, this one is funny to me. It says, remember that your child loves you in spite of your imperfections. And this is so true, but I feel so guilty about this one. (laughs) Really? Maybe it's because I'm too hard on myself. Because at the end of the day, I'm like, but I should have showed up for her more and she still loves me that much. Uh, That's like a very like self-sabotaging thought, though. I think that's... Pretty much. Each, oh, there was some. Oh, this is really good. This is from the article on Healthline.com. And this has to do with how women are more likely to look out outside themselves to to learn what mm-hmm. is acceptable and what they should be doing. So we're even more vulnerable to this comparison, according hmm. to some people. And I think they make good points. So I, I want to share them with you. So according to this Healthline.com, the, uh, they quoted some therapists psychologist, Psychotherapist Erica Ames said... Women are often implicitly trained to look to others for permission to make sure they're doing it right. And that urge only gets stronger when women become mothers, she said. In our pursuit to get it right, we turn to sources like social media to help us determine standards for everything from cleanliness of our homes to the activities our toddlers should be doing. Absolutely. And this is from, Mm -hmm. they're quoting Elizabeth. Gillette, who's an attachment-focused therapist. Then the article continues. We also make comparisons because we are innately social beings who yearn for high-quality relationships and worry that what others will think. Which is, yeah, absolutely. And that's from Jill A. Stoddard, a PhD and
1: psychologist. Anyways, that's my no. What's your hello? (laughs) All right. So my hello, I just really want to be nostalgic even more, and it's funny. Because we already kind of talked about toys a little bit, and I'm going to revisit toys, and I want to talk about <laughs> toys that we loved when we were young, and then a little bit about Fun. like maybe the toys that my kids currently play with and love, and the differences and similarities. So, um, when we were young, the my like top toys were absolutely my American Girl dolls,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and all of that stuff. Um, I had Addie and Josefina. I had Samantha
0: and Felicity. Everyone keep your Samantha dolls. They're worth so much money.
1: Yes. That's a great note too. I loved Addie and Josefina because it felt like no one else had them. And so I was the kid that wanted to be different. No,
0: I was just going to say, I don't think I knew anyone who had Yeah, I
1: loved um, that they were different and their stories were so amazing. American Girl dolls were the very big thing for me. And then Barbies were a huge thing. Oh, I had so many Uh, Barbies. Yep. Like tubs of Barbies and all of the things that went with it. And then also (laughs) we lived in the country... And so a lot of our favorite toys, especially in, like, the preteen years, it was, like, the four-wheeler and the four-wheeler and the snowmobile in the winter. Heather and I spent a lot of time on the four-wheeler. We had so much fun. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. Um, rollerblades. Um, oh, yes. We love to rollerblade, mm-hmm. bike at scooters became a thing when I was in like middle school. Were yep, we the Razors.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. The Razors were so popular. Um, So there that had definitely had a moment. But we didn't have I mean, we didn't even have cable TV. We we had an antenna. So we got like <laughs> PBS, a bunch of Spanish channels. That's awesome. Uh, there, it, that was kind of it. So um, and we never had video games. We The first time we ever had a video game system in my house, my sister was dating this kid that had two Wiis for some reason. So he brought one to our house and while they were dating he left it there so it was like for four months we had a Wii in the house <laughs> and that was the first and only video game we ever had um and my mom i remember my mom playing lots of Did tennis you just on stay it. in a relationship for the Wii? <laughs> <laughs> don't come back Yeah, we kind of wondered the same thing, but apparently not. So it's interesting because now I have kids that are at those ages where like they're just so toy focused. And Ava is also really into American Girl dolls, which I'll be honest, I did push a little bit because Mm -hmm. I just think they're such amazing it, they're an amazing company, and they are. every I, I really love everything about them. I think that the stories of especially the historical characters are so empowering. Ava has all of my old Addie books, and it was the first conversation we ever had about slavery was after she read wow. one of those. And at the end of all of the books, or at least in the books that I always had, there's a, in the Addie book at least, there's a few pages about um, slavery in America and what it was like and what the story was based off of and all that stuff. So wow. I love American Girl for that. She she has Julie, who is a girl from the 1970s, which we really like because that's like when my mom was young. And oh, so it's so all fun. clothes that like my mom would have worn. Oh. But her storyline is all about how there's a basketball team at school for only boys. And she's a girl that loves yes. to play basketball. And so it's like her fighting for her her chance to do that and then um the other doll that she has that she got actually through girl scouts because they sold so many cookies is luciana who was the girl of the year they have a girl of the year every year now which they didn't do when we were younger but and she's an astronaut and so they they um, teamed up with stem like they have these all of these stem Project. So she uh, yeah, so she's this like scientist. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, so there's all of the American Girl Dolls, which I definitely pushed because I just think they're but so they're wonderful. I mean, um, but the biggest thing is that our <laughs> our kids Love and are slightly addicted to video games, which I never had when I was younger. Um, and the reason I was thinking about this was because the one game that we play as a family is Mario Kart on the Nintendo oh, so Switch. Fun. I love Mario Kart. And yes, yeah. But because I never played when I was young, I'm horrible at it, <laughs> like horrible. And so, but because my kids are so young, I could always beat them up until. Literally two nights ago when they (laughs) all beat me, except for Harrison, for the first time ever. Like, And now they're (laughs) consistently beating me. And so I've officially been passed by my eight-year-old and seven-year-old. So, yeah, literally. And it was just like this real big bummer moment for me because it was the only thing that, like, I'm not good at video games at all, but I could still beat them at Mario Kart and not anymore. They're just really sweeping so but I I love that, like some of the toys in our house are kind of generational, like the American Girl Doll stuff. Um, the boys, I mean, Henry, which, what makes me laugh is that when we were in fifth grade, Pokemon, that's when Pokemon really became a thing in the U.S. And I remember it sweeping our school, the elementary school I went to, and I. All of the boys had Pokemon cards, binders and binders yeah. full of them. And they oh, would yeah, trade the them and play with them. And they knew all the stats on all of them. It was a very, very big deal. And then it came back and Henry is now that kid that's he has two binders Aww. full of cards. That's Yay. all that he wants for holidays. So he's really into Pokemon cards. Do you remember Tamagotchi? Oh, yes. That was huge. <gasps> I could never keep him alive, but I was obsessed. I Yes. Yeah. Tamagotchis were huge. I had an orange one. And um, yeah, I think it always died. But it felt like so technologically advanced. Yes. And I just I really wanted to do a good job with it. And I could never when I first got my Apple watch. Um, like the v- version one it was it's very old and outdated now but they had a Tamagotchi app for it that you could do and because it was a screen the same size you could like play on your watch like Tamagotchi Oh that's so fun! Yeah it was fun for like two hours but then it would send you a notification every time it needed to be fed or put to sleep or played with they or whatever. It was very <laughs> needy so I had to delete it but it was just like this really great nostalgic. And you just like press
0: buttons yes. to get it to work so it's, it's kind
1: of like... Like this is, but it was such a big deal. I forgot about Tamagotchis. What about what was the bear that read stories to you? Its mouth it was it Rugsby It was something like you'd put a cassette tape in its stomach, and then its eyes would open, and it would read you a story, and its mouth would move, and it's it was very I don't creepy. Think I ever like that one. <laughs> I remember that from when I was very little. Um And then a big hit in our house was the (laughs) it was the light and you plugged in those little colorful things into it to make pictures yes light we had brights. one of those i forget what it was called light bright yes yes i remember the
0: commercials i think the commercials yeah. got all the kids hooked for me it was like everything my brothers played with oh yeah so stretch armstrong okay so they were like a little bit older so it went they were four to five years older so um yeah stretch armstrong I nick talks about dinosaurs. his stretch armstrong ninja turtles oh yeah. okay but we always like i remember we'd see how far it could stretch and then like you know, something would pop and goo would come out of his arm, oh. <laughs> his arm, his bicep. <laughs> so it never quite worked. What I, I just loved like horse figurines, American Girl dolls and Barbies because they could ride the horses and horse carriages. I had my
1: own things, I think. What about the doll that used to, it would have a spoon and you would feed it or like they had carrots or something and then it would poop it out what the other about end? The bake the bake ones. Oh, the oven Easy bake. bake Oven. That was my favorite. Those are easy still bakes. around. Yeah. Somebody gave Ava one as a hand-me-down, and we've never used it. <laughs> just... <laughs> I think they're kind of dangerous, aren't they? They, I think they put in a ton of safety precautions. Yeah, so fun to reminisce.
0: I'm going to have to think more and do a rewind on this because... All right, what's your hello? So my hello this week is super short. It's just... <laughs> all right. Um... <laughs> Okay. So, Ben and I are fans of swearing. I'm not I'm not going to lie. I have a whole <laughs> little philosophy about this. Like, as long as you don't use it to insult <laughs> other people, swearing comes in really handy. I mean, there's just you just can't find better words when, you know, you like hurt yourself or uh, spill <laughs> something on the floor. However, with young children, obviously that changes. Children are unaware of appropriate context, no matter how hilarious it is when they do swear. Or I should say, when other children swear, because I do my ch- if my, my children have yet to swear. Um, one is 10 <laughs> months old, so he's still got time, but um, I don't know how this happened. But anyway, so um, because Ben and I, I have had to turn that swearing, cursing switch off. Uh, one thing that Ben mm-hmm. discovered has helped us both is like inserting new fun words instead of the swear words. So here's a few of them. <laughs> instead of the S word, he says chips. And so Evie said this one, but it's cool because you can just be like, well, she just wants some chips. So it's, she's like, oh, chips.
1: <laughs> That's adorable. It's so funny. And does she use it in context? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. She's very bright. <laughs> Of course
0: she uses O-chips. So, oh, oh, <laughs> chips and giggles. Uh, <laughs> there's all sorts of fun things you could do with yeah. it. That chips is stinky. <laughs> Don't eat that chip. That, that's amazing. So the next one is instead of like, uh, you know, the Hoover Dam, he says jams. So it's like, oh, jams. Um, that one's pretty good. And then there's only three that we have. Um because we're pretty good. I guess these, maybe these are just our favorite swear words. The other one is yeah, apps instead of, you know, the other word for a donkey. Um, but this <laughs> one, we do not Ben and I have decided as we were discussing this we do not recommend because it sounds too much like the original yeah. so when you say any kind of like know, pronunciation issues and yes <laughs> it, no which difference. is uh, guaranteed with <laughs> with the uh, new talkers uh uh-huh. 3 year olds so you know you don't want to be like ouch my apps
1: because <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> it's very easy
1: for them to leave out that p <laughs> i read an article once that said that um Scientists they came to the conclusion that um, if you swear when you're hurt, it actually takes some of the pain away. I 100 percent so, believe that.
0: That's amazing. Isn't that yeah. Funny.
1: Mm-hmm. We're not huge swears. Um, at least I'm not at all. Um, yeah. Nick is sometimes under drastic conditions. <laughs> and so but for the most part, our kids have not picked it up anywhere. Ava did say the F word once, and I think it was because we were spending when you were still here. I'm so sorry. And you didn't have kids yet. I no, kids I call, yet. I sent you a text afterwards and was like, I'm pretty sure that this is because Well, you. there's no way it was you and I, I know. uh it was funny because Ava used it correctly. She hit, she stubbed her toe on something. <laughs> and was like, F.
0: It's oh, like, gosh. excuse
1: me? I'm the fun I aunt. Was... <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was less than three years old. And yeah. I was like, just please don't say that to your Sunday school teacher. <laughs> I think that that's so genius to have those other words. It has worked really well for us. <laughs> Because then you still kind of feel like you get to release that little, yes, like if something like happens. Chips is satisfying, like chips, you know? Yes.
0: <laughs> Everyone gets to hear my angry voice <laughs> on this podcast a lot.
1: <laughs> like my frustrated, gr- grinding teeth yell, like, Argh! <laughs> there's the, what's the Netflix series that just came out with Nicolas Cage? And he talked, it's the history of swearing, it's called. Oh, And I have so to look they into do that. an episode on each word. I would. Oh, should, I think you'd enjoy it. You should I watch it. I think I it. would. Yeah, and just give me more uh,
0: ammunition from the debates. I'll never win against people who don't like swearing. Because if you don't like swearing, you're just you're just not gonna
1: like it. <laughs> I I enjoyed the first two episodes just more because of the history of it. And yeah. um, it, that oh, was, a it was how a word reaches
0: a certain I don't know yes. pinnacle or point to where it's.
1: I always wondered know. like why is it decided that these words are naughty or you know I in my yeah. head and so even though I don't personally use them it was it's just an interesting idea. That would actually be really interesting. Because to me, bad words are like
0: racial slurs, you know? Yes. You know, that's a bad word to me. To me, it's like, that's a great point. So yeah, that's Um, about all I I have, really.
1: I think that was wonderful. I love love it. I think it's so smart.
0: Yeah. So um, as we wrap up today's episode, we want to hear from you. Email us at Podcast at com and tell us, do you have any alternative swear words? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what are some of your reoccurring nightmares? Absolutely fascinating. Uh, maybe we'll yeah. try to interpret them for you. <laughs> and, it's a special uh, mis- episode. Yeah, and the nostalgic toys you were obsessed with as a kid, or the nostalgic toys you, were, you remember as a kid that were really big hits. We'd love to know. Or just fill us in on a yes or a no from your week, and maybe
1: we'll read them during the next episode. And if you like what you heard today, um, as we say, every single week, there are some really important things that you can do to help others find us. And a lot of you guys are doing this, which means so much to Thank us. Thank you. Um, you can hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Rate and review us. We love It's so fun whenever we see a new review <laughs> yes. or a rating. Um, And then share us. The most important thing is share us with someone else who you think might enjoy the show.
0: Yes. Uh, we just heard a cute story about how someone we knew from high school learned about our podcast from her mom, which is like makes me <laughs> <She's> so <laughs> happy. Like, I love that it wasn't through social media or anything. Like, somehow her mom was like I ahead of the game listening to our yes. podcast. It's so awesome. I think it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Lumpy Mother Podcast. And
1: on Twitter, you can find us at Lumpy Mother Pod 1. And make sure to join us next Tuesday to see what motherhood has in store for our lives and yours. Bye.